Well, good morning again. Good morning again. We're going to spend a few minutes uh, just looking at going deeper into some of the themes of, of Alpha. Uh, as a as a church, we've been doing this, uh, we've been doing a new Alpha course, and this week's theme was about how do we get guidance from God? How does God guide us? And uh, for some of us who saw the saw the video, saw the the, the episode this week. We, what we're doing on Sundays, we're just going, we're just digging a bit deeper. And um, the, the, the picture I've had in my mind all week is this picture of a boat, and the, the bigger the, the hull of the boat, the, the more expansive it is, the more the sails can go up. And uh, I, for me, I think the boat is the Bible. The hull of the ship is the Bible, the, the stability that we need. And the number one thing, of what God speaks to, to us through most is the Bible and the Word of God. And so the, the bigger our hull, the bigger, the deeper the boat can go into the water, I think the kind of the, the bigger the sails we can be. And we tether from we tether this word of God and the spirit of God. And for some for some of for, for some people we have uh, big sails. And so we're sort of drifted all over the place. But if we can go deeper into the Word of God, then, uh, then that's going to really, really help us to get guided from God. Um, that was it, really. That's the sermon. <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the quickest sermon you've ever heard. <laughs> so, uh, see you next week. Um, uh, and, I, and I think the, the, the challenge for us is understanding the Bible reading the Bible, studying the Bible, meditating on the Bible as part of our, our journey. So um, today's, there's a kind of bit of housekeeping that I wanted to do, uh, also to talk through some of our values as a church, uh, and also just this one thing. I think for, for many of us, we, uh, how our beliefs in the Bible, our beliefs in God are affected by how we think about how we think about God, and so uh, that's kind of where we're going to go today. And there's just one one other message I wanted to talk about, and that's love. <laughs> and that's love. Um, I've got loads of dad jokes, which um, I probably won't do today. Um, but the the scripture the scripture I wanted to look at was in Colossians three, and again the the Bible speaks for itself. And so Colossians 3, first one, the words are going to come up, come up on the screen. Uh, if you haven't got a Bible and would like one, there are some at the back on, at the information desk. So do have yourselves uh, to a Bible. But the words are going to come up. Uh, Colossians 3, 1. I'm also going to be talking about uh, a verse from Revelation, Revelation 1 as well. Uh, so we're going to sort of bounce around a little bit. So, Colossians 3, verse 1. Uh, and the title is, Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, 
sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on this the new self, which has been renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here there is no Jew, no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave or free, but Christ is all, and is all as and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly and loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against somebody, forgive. Forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. Which binds them all together in perfect unity. <coughs> this is the word of God. It's absolutely true. And it was given to us in love. Mm. I, uh, I learned a long, a long time ago about how to give feedback to people. And uh, I used to work for uh, a charity and we uh, managed a, a youth inclusion project. And we had a number of staff and volunteers. And I, I read on this kind of project management for dummies book once that um, way to give people feedback is you, you give them encouragement, you then give them some tweaks or things that they need to change, and then you finish off with, a, with an encouragement. And I, as I was reading this, it's feel, this passage feels a bit like, almost like a, so the, the expression is a feedback sandwich. So you have this kind of layer of goodness, encouragement, and then you put the filling of things that you can tweak and improve, and then you give them another layer of, of goodness. In America, they talk about it being, you rock, you suck, you rock. <laughs> and, um, but I kind of call it a big bad sandwich. And, um, and so in this, person, this passage is a bit like that. There's this uh, encouragement who you are. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Um, one of the things that we are realising is that the, the secular and um, the, the secular and the sacred are, are sort of getting merged. That if you look at cognitive behaviour therapy or things like NLP, neuralistic programming, they're almost borrowing or stealing principles from the Bible. So CBT or NLP, it's about renewing your thinking, changing your behaviour based on your thinking. Uh, and for many, this is from the Bible, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Mm. And uh, this whole word, repentance, the, uh, the word is, um, it's a bit Greek there. It's, the Greek word is metanoia. And the, did you know repentance literally is translated to uh, change the way you think. Mm. 
For many of us, when we hear these kind of words of sin and repentance, we think it's a behaviour issue. It's something that we can, I, I must stop doing this. But CBT and NLP, it's, it's changed the way you think in order to then change the way you behave. But it's lifted from the Bible. And I think repentance, we think, is, is an active an action. But I think it starts with, a, with, with your mind. It starts with how you think. And so today, I want to sort of help us to shift the way we think about God. But for, for some of us. For some of us, this is just repeat and... Um, you can look on Facebook if you like that. Um, for some of us, this is going to be this is just confirmation of what, uh, what what you're feeling already. Already, but for some of us, this might be a shift in thinking. And uh, so, so go with me. Go with me. Okay. Um, uh, about 24 years ago, well, I was first ambushed by Jesus in. Sutton assembly rooms and uh, the thousands of hours in prayer and meditation, uh, fasting, reading the Bible, thinking of praying, praying to God. Uh, one of the things I'm convinced about when we first get toe to toe to Jesus, so this is the reality, all of us here, we're all going to face Jesus. Uh, one of the things, just through my few years of thinking and praying about Jesus, where, what, what would be the first question Jesus asked me, or asked you, when we go toe-to-toe, -to -toe and he's right there? Uh, as well as listening to sermons and reading books, talking and praying with people, praying for people, uh, over these short years, what is that question? When I, when I get face to face with Jesus. Not, and I'm convinced there's this one question. Or if I've had coffee with people. Or if I'm talking to people who are, are agnostic or atheist or have never even thought about Jesus. The hours of conversations I've had with people. The, the, the Bible study. The, the talking to leaders who are further in, in my journey. I want to propose that on Judgment Day, Jesus is just going to ask us this one question. Maybe it will be his only question. I think the question he's going to ask us is, did you believe that I loved you? When I stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and I see, him, see his face, and Jesus says to me, did you believe that I loved you? Did you believe that I desired you? Did you believe that I waited for you day after day after day? Did you believe that I longed to hear the sound of your voice? It's just my proposal, just over these few years. Uh, I became a Christian when I was four, so that was like 28 <laughs> years ago. Um, that. But what is that one question? And I want to suggest it's that question that Jesus will say to you, Do you did you actually believe that I loved you? And the real believers will say, yeah, yeah, of course, Jesus, I believed in your love. And I, tr and I tried to shape my thinking. And I tried to shape my love according to that one question. Did you love me? Did you believe that I loved you?
many of us who are faith, faithful in ministry, many of us who are compassionate, many of us who put our church going and our practice. Well, we may reply, well, you know, I have a few talks about it. I, uh, I even gave some talks about it, which were quite good. Um, but, uh, but I didn't really get the fact that you love me. I talked about your love. I, I would often say, take, tell people all about your love. But I didn't really, really, really believe that you loved me. I believe that you loved other people or you love the church, or you loved the lost people. You love those that were outside of church. Or I'm convinced that you love the person who's sit, sitting next to me. But I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Um, so, uh, and so that was me. That was my, that was my story. That was my story. Um, I would... I would sort of talk to people about Jesus. Uh, I remember years ago giving a talk about the Father Heart of God. And um, it, it didn't, I didn't really experience the, the Father who liked me, or I believed that God didn't really like me. He loved, he loved other people. And then this moment came where sh uh, a shock came to me, where it was, do you actually believe in the power of the cross? And so I then spent some time thinking and understanding. And the thing that I, I think is, the things that hold us back from God's love is our own mind, is our own thinking. And I think it's vital that we hold on to this, this act of faith um, because we're only ever going to receive, uh, we're only going to ever, ever receive as much as our concept of God is. We're only really going to allow God to come as much as we, we want, allow him to, as our thinking allow, allows us to. And uh, I want to propose, if, you're, if your God doesn't look like or act like or treat people like Jesus, if your God doesn't look like Jesus, you've got every right to flush it, kick it out to touch, um, throw it away, whatever analogy you want to do. Um, you've got every, if, if your concept of God and the way he loves you doesn't look like the way Jesus loved you and the way Jesus treats people, you've got every right to throw that away. I, uh, I and many Christians used to believe that God is, uh, he's shocked at me. He kind of, I became a follower of Jesus but I, I used to think that God would, was surprised at my actions. He's like, I didn't, I didn't realise you'd do that. I didn't, I didn't really plan on you doing that. I'm really surprised that you would do that. And I would think I was the only one that God was sort of disappointed with. He was the only one that, um, why, did I, why did I actually choose to? Why, why did that happen? And so I used to think when I stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jesus, there would be this kind of waiting in this line of people going towards Jesus and he'd be like, oh, I love you, you're amazing, in you come. <laughs> and then I would come to him, it's like, oh, no, you need to go that way. I don't think you're going to get to heaven. 
And so that's, that's what I used to believe. And for many, many people, we believe that. We don't deserve to get into heaven. And, um, and again, it's my, my thinking. My thinking and my mind set me in that place where I, I didn't really think I was going to be allowed into heaven. Even though I sort of led lots of people to Jesus, even though I prayed for lots of people, even though we saw all kinds of things, I, I thought actually, no, I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get in. But I began to believe the truth and not rely on my feelings. Um, at the, I think at the root of our unbiblical theology is this root that we carry shame, that we carry guilt, that we carry fear. Uh, and what, what happens is these three powerful forces of, of guilt and shame and fear just pull us away from this truth. So that's why in Colossians it says, set your minds on things above, not on things here. Set your minds on things above, because you've died with Christ, and you're now seated with Christ. You're not, you're not on earth with shame and guilt and fear. The way Jesus looks at you, doesn't, he doesn't look at you with disappointment. He's not surprised or shocked at you. He loves you. And the God that I hear, the God that I hear some people talk about is too small. Uh, and we're confused whether he's good or not. And I, I don't believe he's the God, the God that some, some of the Christians that I meet with, the God that they describe isn't the God of the Bible, isn't the God revealed in Christ, who comes to your seat and says, comes to sit next to you and says, I've got a word for you. I've, um, I know your whole life story. I know every skeleton in your closet. I know every moment of sin, uh, shame, dishonesty, every moment of degraded love for me. Uh, I know your shallow faith. I know your feeble prayer life, uh, your inconsistent discipleship, and my word to you is this. I dare, to, I dare you to trust in my love. He comes and sits next to you and says, I dare you to trust that I love you. I dare you to trust that I love you, not because you'll never be, sorry, I dare to trust that I love you just as you are, not as you should be. Because you'll never be what you should be. Imagine Jesus sitting next to you, and you look into, you look into his eyes, and the Bible describes his eyes as ablaze with fire. And he says, I know you. I chose you. Nothing you can do can shock me. And... I'll never, ever, ever withhold my love from you. I'm, ne I'm not shocked at you. In Revelation 1, it says, it says this. Uh, it's not in the words. Uh, just describing Jesus' eyes, the blaze of fire. It says, Revelation 1, verse 12 and 16. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstand, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in robe, reaching to the feet, 
and girded across the chest with a golden sash. His hair, his head was, and his hair were white like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, when it had been made to glow in the furnace. And his voice, I love this bit, his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. That's, that's Jesus. That's who Jesus is. His eyes are blazing fire. He sits next to you and me. He stands with me. He sits next to you, and he looks at you, and his eyes are blazing fire. And I love that. His voice, so his voice to you is like the voice of many waters. I tried to imagine that. What would that sound like? I, uh, I remember I would, um, we, we, did a, uh, we did a Bible study on Revelation, and I remember driving back, uh, I was working in, in a prison in Exeter, and I was driving back home, and this thunderclap, this thunder lightning storm was following me up the A303. It was following, it was literally following me up to London. And I rang Viv, and I was, it's Revelation 4, it's like the thunder and the lightning, and the, it's all around me, and it's, it's here, and it's here, and it's following me, and it was like, just, just get safe, just be safe. And I was like, no, this is it. It's the sound of heaven, like all around me. In your Christian life and in mine, it does not make any sense unless, unless in the depths of our being we believe that Jesus knows us uh, and he knows what hurts us. He knows our self-sabotage. And in knowing that, he just seeks us out. That's quite an interesting thing. He knows all that, and yet he still comes and seeks us. Uh, whatever our poverty, whatever our pain, whatever when we guard our heart, where we protect our heart from hurt, again, he just comes and he, seek, he seeks us out. And he says, come now, wounded, frightened, angry, empty, lonely. Come now, and I'll meet you where you live. I'll meet you where you are. Um, I love you as you are, not as. I love you as you are, not as you should be. And Jesus would never say this, so I'm going to say that. Because I would say that. There's too many of us shooting all over ourselves. There's too many of us putting shoulds in the way of our, our lives. And uh, we've, we've got to keep that into touch. Um, so we, a few years ago, we banned the word should uh, from our vocabulary. And it, was, it was really, it was hard. So I, I should pray. I know I should pray, but I could pray. I should be reading my Bible a bit more. I should be a bit more kind and less uh, aggressive, angry, at other road drivers. I should, you know, instead of signaling them with, with all kinds of hand gestures. <laughs> I, should, I, should be doing, I shouldn't be doing that. And the, and the good news is that Jesus cannot stop loving you. He will not stop loving you. And he's not loving the church. 
He's not loving the person next to you. He's not loving the people, the Polish church or uh, the URC church. He's loving, he's loving you. This is the Jesus of the Gospels. This is what God looks like. And the thing is, he's able to come and fit your personality. He's able to show and demonstrate his truth to your personality. Um, if you look at, look at some of the Gospels, you see how he treats people. Two very different personalities uh, can believe in the same, same God, can receive the same, same goodness from God. Um, uh, that happens lots of times. But John, in the, gospel of, in the Gospels you hear the disciple John and the, and the, the disciple Peter, the way Jesus talks to them and relates to them is very different. Uh, and it was, it was what they needed. And so with John, you see him being gentle towards John. You see him being kind. You see him... So John was the disciple that leant on Jesus' breast. He leant on him. And uh, uh, in John's Gospel, John was the one that Jesus really loved. He was the one that... Gospel of John was, John described himself as the one that Jesus really loved. Um, only in his gospel. Um, but repeatedly, John is receiving this gentle Jesus. Whereas Peter, Jesus is tougher with him. This strong world Peter, Jesus is really tough with, tough with him. Uh, and so Jesus presents this truth to, to John and to Peter in very, very different ways. And so he's able to fit your personality. Uh, Peter's one of my favourite characters in the Bible because uh, his story is real. Mm. It's personal. Peter is me. Peter is you. Uh, Peter is us. Peter is us. Uh, he's risky. He's mouthy. He fumbles. Uh, he denies. He, he just does things. He, his mouth speaks before his mind. Uh, and this story, the way Jesus relates to Peter, is, is amazing. And I've, um, I've got another half sermon here, but I'm, I'm going to end. Uh, but you see the redemptive, redemptive Jesus in the, in the story of Jesus, in the story of Peter. Um, let's stand. Let's stand. And we are, are going to uh, receive Jesus' love. If you've never experienced the love of Jesus... Maybe the time today where you can, you can, today you can go toe to toe with Jesus and uh, just experience him saying to you, I love you, I really love you, I really love you, I'm for you. I know you've messed up, I know you're hurting, I want to be the one that can, can show, you, show you my love. And, uh, and the thing is, with the Bible, as we go deeper in the Bible, we suddenly read, so in Colossians, read it again and again. We read there are some, some boundaries that God gives us. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So rid yourself of some of this stuff. Rid yourself of all of these things. But the ultimate value in our, in our thinking uh, can change. And um, we've seen it time and time again, it can change. So let's pray. Come with your love. now in our imagination. And you would um, the, the picture of you in, in Revelation. You would come and visit people in their imagination.
eyes are blazing fire, your, your hair was like wool, like snow. The road was dazzling, your feet are, uh, are bronze and you've got this gold sash around your chest. Your eyes, would you look at us with those eyes of um, almost jealous love for us? 